0: what's going on? Uh, they Play Me we Talk. We're back. Episode 5. Uh, I got the whole team with me and also uh, a new addition. Uh, my name is Bruce, a.k.a. LeVar Bollington. I got uh, Marcos on the line, Mr. Can't Stand Those Brothers of Hurt Fly Hurt. And uh, a new addition to the show, Matt. What's going on, man? Matt, why don't you uh, introduce yourself, man, to everybody?
1: What's up, man? I'm Matt. Uh, you could call me Matty Bands on a the- on the podcast, repping Cleveland, Ohio, a big Ohio sports fan. So if I'm slightly biased today, you know, you guys can kind of tease me about that, but but I'm for real straight out of Cleveland with everything, bro.
0: All right. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's get right into it, man. So uh, NBA. Um, so you guys, I'm sure you guys have been following it. The biggest uh, free agent domino just fell uh, this summer. Uh, and uh, for everyone who was wondering where he was going to land, Jose Calderon is now coming to Cleveland. <laughs> so, like, everyone knows. <laughs> Have you been waiting? He is now. the official. It is official. Uh, so, Matt, Marcos, what you guys think about Jose coming to Cleveland, man? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I know
2: you're gonna.
0: I know you. I know you're gonna miss him being on the Knicks. I mean, he was the engine that drove you guys, right? He was. He was the engine that used to let his his uh, his. His man on offense run, run right to the basket, man. So he was terrible. He couldn't stop anybody.
2: Yeah. I mean, I... Ahead, my man. whole
1: thing is, taking a look at what Jose called around, the Spanish sensation, what what he could do is probably a little bit more than what Darren Williams did in the finals. I, I can just imagine. You, you think I, so? I, you know, to be honest, and, you know, I mean, we can crack jokes, but, I mean, the margin for for the marginal difference between the Cavs and the Warriors wasn't so much that maybe if you know Darren Williams made a couple more plays, things might have slightly been different. Who knows, man? I'm optimistic. Maybe, maybe he can give us a good seven minutes and one three pointer. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> okay.
0: maybe, maybe. All right. Um, but you know what? Obviously, you guys know I'm joking. Um the real, I guess biggest free agent that uh, that I'm referring to is uh Gordon Hayward. Uh obviously most folks by now knows uh, that he is going to be joining the the Boston Celtics, and um, yeah. So, so what do you guys think uh, about this move for the Celtics?
2: I, I mean, I think Skip Bayless says it said it best on his Twitter: like, Celtics sign Gordon Hayward, LeBron yawns. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I think for the at least for the next couple of years, I still think it's the LeBron's Cavs coming out of the East. Um, it makes the Celtics more competitive, I think, in you know, in the future, though. So it makes it interesting.
0: So, so let me ask you, Do you guys think that the Celtics uh, are the number one seed in the East again?
2: No, I, I don't. I'm not sure. Really? Well, yeah.
1: in my mind, in my mind, the number one seed was a sham because the number one seed got ran off in five games. Um. So, <laughs> and to be honest, I, I feel like the Cavs coasted that final third. Of the season we saw a big difference between the Cavs of the towards the end of the regular season and the Cavs in the playoffs so yeah boston took that number one seed they scrapped for it you know congratulations to them ultimately it didn't matter mm. uh, i feel like gordon hayward does a lot because he takes some of the responsibility especially like an offensive workload off of guys like marcus smart and jay crowder you know who aren't great scores but they do a lot to kind of fill in the stat sheet and kind of do some of those dirty work type of plays you need. So being the fact that there's not that pressure anymore on them, I think it makes everybody better. Do I think they're going to beat the Cavs? No. I think it's a six-game series now instead of a five-game series. but <laughs> Yeah. The thing, the, I will say, and finally, the thing I'm sweating is just the fact that I don't I don't know what Danny Ainge did, but he they have so many additional assets that they can make additional moves besides just adding Gordon Hayward. They have um, some high draft picks coming up in the next couple of years. They still have some cap room. They yeah. still have room to improve, which is a scary thing if we're yeah. a cats fan.
0: So 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 obviously both of you guys are biased. So my my uh, my thought is that I think the Celtics will not only take that number one seed again this year, but I think this is finally the year that LeBron does not make the finals. And the only reason why I say that is because I think that We've been seeing, I mean, obviously LeBron is one of the best players in the world. He is arguably, you know, next to Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, one of the best players in the NBA. Um, but, dude, I, I don't know if this uh, this Cavs team, you know, age-wise, especially for LeBron, is going to be able to hold up, you know, all 82 games and then go into the playoffs and, and, and you know, turn it on like they did uh, this year. So, so I don't know if I see it. I'd be so, willing to wait. take
2: that bet. Oh so, so well, okay. So seriously though, like even if, if all things considered, mm-hmm. I mean that Cavs team that played against the Warriors, LeBron still played at an ultra high level. I mean the Warriors were clearly a better team, but I mean we can't think of if it was any other team, I think the Cavs would have won that series, right? So, I, I, and even when you watch Boston play against the Cavs, it, they're, they're more than just one player away from beating them. Like, in Gordon, I mean, and I don't know how much people have watched Gordon Hayward. Like, I mean, I've watched him, but he was in Utah, so a lot of people probably weren't catching a lot of his games. I mean, he's he's good, but, I mean, how good is he? I mean, he's not better than Paul George, right?
0: Uh, I You know, he's not better than Paul George, but I think he's a perfect fit for what the Celtics need, right? They needed a second guy, a second score. Um, he doesn't need uh, he's not a high usage player, so he doesn't need the ball on his hands to make things happen. He's, That's true. He's super efficient. He can play defense, um, and I think when it comes to actual crunch time, I mean, for the folks who have not seen uh, Hayward play, the the ball man. So, so I guess I guess you know we'll we'll have to see. We may actually have to put a bet on it, Matt. It sounded like you <laughs> you wanted to bet. I'm a gambler man, so I like to bet too. So. Um, we may have to give that some thought as to what we could bet on that. Yeah, for sure. That'll be fun. All right. Um, so, so the, the next uh, the next big free agent um, that uh, we you know, folks are kind of checking on was KD. Obviously, he re-upped with Golden State, you know, for two years, $53 million. But, Matt, I mean, so let's start with you. What's, what's your take on uh, KD resigning with the Golden State Warriors,
1: good or bad for the NBA or, 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 or nothing at all? So, you know, I was taking a look at the numbers and essentially taking that $53 million deal, he's leaving almost $10 million a year on the table. Mm-hmm. So looking at it from that angle, obviously Golden State was able to re-sign their core, uh, additional core players like Livingston and Ecuador, which is obviously excellent for Golden State. And it's an unselfish thing on Durant's part. You know, I read up a little bit more on it and Golden State still could have made the numbers work with Livingston Iguodala and with KD taking that more money. So in my mind, really, what does that do? That keeps Golden State from having to pay as much money with that NBA luxury tax. So really, what did he do? He saved a gazillionaire owner some extra million dollars. And at the same time, you know, the Players Association might take a look at it and say, well, we did all this negotiating to get a better deal with all the money that the NBA is bringing in. And we want our top players taking this money. You know, for example, that's why LeBron tweeted congrats to Steph Curry, his rival, on your $200 million contract. Because as the LeBron being the VP of the Players Association, he wants to see his guys eat. Yeah. So with KD being the top three player, leaving food on the table, in my mind, if I'm one of the players, it's no. When we fought for this, we've earned this, we take that. I think that's that's key for from the player's angle with a competitive balance thing and with just making sure that they have the right relationship with the owners that they're getting the piece of the pie that they negotiated. So yeah. that, those are my thoughts on it.
0: Well I th- I think with um uh, for first of all one I'm not mad at KD, you know, if if he chose to leave money on the table, you know, whether it was to help the team or if it was needed or not, you know, that he's in a position where he can do it. Um, I think the thing that the NBA should be most mad at is that him re-signing with the Warriors means they are going to dominate the league for the next three years, um, or at least the next two years guaranteed, right? So uh, I don't see anyone winning, uh, beating the Warriors uh, this, um, you know, for the next two years. Um, And and even to that effect, if you look at, like, you know, the Warriors with the moves they made this offseason – I think yeah. they, I think they won the offseason. You know, they they um, they're probably hopefully going to re-sign Javale JaVel McGee. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they're also going to get. Um, I think they just announced that they're going to get Nick Young, and yeah. and they were able to re-sign Andre uh, Iggy and also Sean Livingston. So I mean, when you really when you really boil it down, you know, they made the, these moves to solidify that core. And I just don't see anybody beating them for the next uh, two years. I mean, they, am I right or wrong? What do you guys think? You think the Cavs stand a chance? Uh,
2: I mean, to be honest with you, a whole season after winning puts a whole different edge on it. Anything could really happen. But, I mean, it's going to be tough for the I mean, I don't really see how a team loses. I don't see how the Warriors lose four, four games against any team. Yeah, I mean they—they, they—they I mean, um, could, they, they could be the Olympic team, yeah, pretty much. Um, they—but the, now, I mean, they do have weaknesses. I think, I, I mean, they're perfectly constructed. I, I mean, Javale McGee helps a lot just being a rim protector, even for ten or fifteen minutes. Yeah. Uh,
0: it, so, so I, mean,
2: I guess Houston. I mean, what about Houston? I mean, Houston. Uh, I mean, I, I think I think the Warriors. I think the weakness against the Warriors still is the fact that. If you you can still get into a shootout with them, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to outshoot them, but Correct. you but they but you can still put up numbers against them. So if that's the case, there's a, there's a
0: chance. I mean, I, I think there's a chance that that Houston um, or some team from the West can. I think there's a small chance that they can dethrone them. Um, the the only thing I, the only problem uh, that I see with Houston is that look, you know. You got Chris Paul and you got James Harden. Uh, I mean, the games that I've seen Chris CP3 play, uh, the the guy, he's he's a competitor. I like his fire, but sometimes his demeanor is just like super aggressive to like his teammates. And it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen when James Harden misses an assignment and CP3 has to get in his face or is in his face. You know, how is Harden going to react to that? You know. I, you know, and De'Antoni right. De- 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 De Tony is not really the guy to coach defense. So how is he going to really react to guys not you know, you know, uh, you know doing you know hitting their assignments and lapsing on defense? So that's the thing I'm I'm probably the most uh, concerned about. But the, but one other quick thing the with the, the Warriors is it me or is or is it interesting that they were able to basically get a bunch of uh, Washington Wizard rejects. I shouldn't say rejects, but old Washington uh, Wizard uh, rejects like uh, Nick Young and JaVel McGee and everyone, you know, is praising their signing. You know, it's funny that I think that the, the Warriors – don't be surprised if Nick Young has just like a career – I wouldn't say career best season, but just a, a super great season for, for – well,
2: well, that's because – I mean, I think that's just because of the fact that the Warriors, are,
0: you're able to hide all your weaknesses
2: within the fact that they can have so much firepower. You know, so I think that, that that's really just the reason why. They, they're they able to take every position and then everybody can just do one thing that they do extremely well. Like, uh, so all KD has to do is score baskets. All Steph Curry has to do is shoot from half court. Like, all Nick Young can do for 10 minutes is shoot wherever he wants. So he'll everybody's going to be good at that if they can be specialists, so to speak.
1: I mean, I, I fully agree. The thing that makes the Warriors so dangerous is the fact that they have three and a half guys that, When they're on, they literally are changing the complexity of the game, but they don't have to be on every game. So what we saw was a different warrior hurt the Cavs in the finals each different game of the series. But we saw JaVale McGee hurt the Cavs in the finals because he only had to play 15 minutes, and that's not enough time for him to start doing his bonehead stuff. (laughs) <laughs> Nick Young, he might only have to play twelve minutes, and that's not enough time for him to start doing his ball head stuff. He on the Wizards, they were starters playing forty-two minutes a game. Yeah, and eight turnovers out of Nick Young, and you get in a flagrant and an own basket or something out of Jarrell. So <laughs> they not, they not, they don't have time to you know be fully formed into how dumb they play sometimes. Yeah, so they, they are perfect. Like their responsibility is so low,
0: Man. World, and it just helps them. I'm not gonna lie. I can't wait to see Nick Young and Jabari McGee on the court together. Oh my God, the, the, <laughs> bone, the bonehead levels are gonna be like on supreme when those guys get out on the court. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Um, we did
2: the same. We did the same for you. We took all the New York Knicks rejects and gave
0: them championships.
2: This is true.
1: This is true.
0: <laughs> you know what? I, you know, as a as a Knicks fan, like I told you, I secretly despise all of the Knicks who play on the Cavs, and I want them to not succeed, but. Mm-hmm. You know what? I guess with LeBron, anything is possible, man. Anything is possible. So, so yeah. But you know what? But J.R. Smith is still a bonehead. So you
1: can't. Uh, no, he can't yeah. is. He and really Amon Summer really is not even a defensive specialist anymore. He just kind of doesn't really do a lot at all. You, think? you don't think so?
2: Yeah. Oh, no. man. Oh, no. He's trash. He's going to be the big three lead. <laughs>
0: Dude, he's, he's big three. He's big three bound. is what you yeah, saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: all right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not even going to go off about Amman Shumpert. <laughs> we have other stuff to talk about. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, let, let's,
0: uh, let's jump to the other, uh, the other uh, off-season acquisition, um, PG to OKC. Uh, so yeah. what, what are you guys – how would you guys rate this trade for both teams? And uh, what do you think is the long-term impact uh, for OKC, given that PG is a rental?
2: So it's interesting how it's so hot, so ironic about the fact that, like, I made this comparison between K- uh, KD and PG and how I thought that they were similar players, which I already conceded that KD's way better than PG. But it's just so funny to me now that PG's going to be playing on Oklahoma City and we're really going to see, can he fill any piece of Durant's shoe, which you probably can't. Like, yeah. But I think the trade is good in the sense that um, – for Indiana, actually, because I think that they got good players on good contracts. They haven't hit their prime. So, all the depot, I think, is actually pretty, a pretty good shooting guard. And he went to college in Indiana. I think that's pretty good for them.
1: Okay. I mean, I, my whole thing is in my mind, it didn't make a lot of sense for the Thunder. It's like a huge gamble because you're obviously going to want Paul George to stay when the dude has already said he wants to go home. You know what's crazy is the fact that Russell Westbrook, I believe, has a player option next year, or I think he might have a chance to leave after uh, next season. Yeah. Both he and Paul George are from L.A. Man, them dudes just might say, you know what, we just going going back home.
2: Hmm. Would- yeah, they're about to join. They're about to join Team Big Baller Brand.
0: Damn.
1: <laughs> uh, well, hold well, speaking of uh, speaking of, of
0: uh, L.A., uh, we have a, a a late joiner on the show, uh, Jeff. What's going on, man? You there? You got your mic muted. It uh, looks like his mic's muted. But it uh, looks like Jeff is gonna join us. I'm sure he's gonna jump in. Um, Jeff, AKA Mr. I'm somewhere on the East Coast. Uh, and uh, But uh, as you guys know, Jeff's a uh, LA Laker fan. Uh, also a LA or now Vegas Raider fan, I guess. Okay. <laughs> so, so I'm sure once he joins, uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll have a few things to say. But speaking to uh, PG, on OKC, I think this move is huge for OKC in, in two parts, right? One, you obviously, you get PG for a season. So you obviously he can work with uh, Russell Westbrook and and this is this is you showing West, Russell Westbrook like, hey, we, we brought someone in uh, to make you happy and to help you get to the playoffs. And then two, when you think about it, even though PG is a rental, you still, you still essentially have his rights. So if, you, if he walks, really you could do a sign-and-trade and get assets back for him if he wants to go to the Lakers and also get paid the max, whatever the max is, if you, if you guys follow me, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So for OKC, dude, this is, a, this is like a complete win for them. So, you get a rental, but at the same time, you also have the rights when it comes to, you know, when he demands a sign and trade to go to L.A., the Lakers, because everyone knows he's going to the Lakers, right? So,
2: yeah.
0: So, I think that was um, a big move. But you know what? You, you guys are probably right. He, they both might end up with the Lakers if they can clear enough cap space for them, too. So,
2: so wait, if, he goes, if Russell goes to the Lakers, what's going to happen to my man, Lonzo Ball?
0: uh i guess off the bench i I don't know that's a good question i I don't know um but if if i'm magic johnson and if i got the opportunity to bring in russell westbrook and um yeah i gotta do it you i mean you gotta do it but i don't know if you give up alonzo ball i think i think how he plays in this first season is gonna speak to you know what move they make uh in summer of 2018, so.
2: Well, well, I also think
0: this puts pressure on Russell,
2: Rus- Russell Westbrook,
0: the MVP, because, you know,
2: one thing against him is that he's an amazing talent, but nobody really knows can he really play with – can he really play ball with someone else? Like we, he puts up a lot of statistics, but, I mean, it, he's so ball dominant. How is yeah. he, are you able to play with him? Well, so I think that he's going to have to really open up his game
0: to let Paul George do what Paul George does. Says, so, you know – so. Here's here's the funny thing. I actually think that if the, if OKC was smart, they would actually have uh, someone else be the point guard. Now, obviously, putting the ball in Russell Westbrook's hand uh, or hands is it's great offense, but I, dude, there's there's so many things that he could do off ball that would just take his game to the next level. You know, he's a great slasher, a great cutter. He's super athletic. Um, and if you had a point guard that was, you know, basically getting everyone involved on the offense, I think that would take that team to the next level. Um, and in regards to, uh, PG, I think PD also, he plays pretty good off ball too. So off pick and roll. So I, I think that combination could work, but it'll be interesting to see like what they do once, uh, once they get onto the court together.
1: I mean, I mean, it's funny how you brought up like pick and roll, but I mean we've seen it a million times. I mean Russell's nickname is the triple double tyrant. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But, but you know because he really stops the offense. I mean obviously no disrespect to the man's talent, but I mean it's it's iso drive to the hole, desperation pass, layup or or just pop a mid-range. I mean that's yeah. what he does and so I don't know how Paul George can fit in that. I mean, is he Man, willing just to hang out on the wing, you know, to be an outlet for for Russell? For I mean, Russell. I don't know. He's going to want to get his too, because like he's a free agent. So, free agent. so, so it's going to be interesting. I, I feel like that's a big coach to say. Hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. Yo,
0: Matt. Hey, Jeff. Uh, I think there's an echo with uh, your computer here. So I don't know if you got two things going in your phone. or, uh, But, yeah, so there's slight echo on your end. Um, sorry, Matt. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, man. I was just saying. Um, you know, PG is gonna want to get his because he's still in a free agent year. If his project if his production drops, you know, he might not be looked at in the same way. So he's gonna want to get his. I don't think it's just an easy fit for them. Mm. You know, I, I think coaching is gonna matter. I mean, Billy Donovan has his has his work cut out. So, yeah, I think you're right. And, and honestly, I don't really
0: know if Bill. Uh, Billy Donovan is a good coach, either. So, so we'll see. So, I mean, I guess so. Don't be surprised if if Russell is is heading west after the next season. So, I wouldn't be surprised about it. All right. Um. So, do you guys think OKC makes uh makes the playoffs top five, top five in the West? Uh, so Absolutely. we would
2: say. So we would say Warriors one, uh, Spurs Houston, Houston two, Spurs three. Mm-hmm. Then who else are we talking about?
0: Uh, um, you, think, you think you think the Minnesota, the Timberwolves can uh take that fourth spot?
2: No no.
0: I think so. then I think I think Timberwolves may be six.
2: I guess it to no. be a six.
1: I mean you gotta think the Clippers are the Clippers are gonna kinda drop the Jazz yeah, out of the game.
2: I, I mean the, the Clippers are they gonna make the playoffs? I mean who's gonna well, who's going start got playing Gallinari. now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's star players who like Austin Rivers. Like, <laughs> no, they I mean, said got Blake. They said got Blake. They
0: resigned Blake. I, I thought he was going to be hurt through December. <laughs> oh, you're you're already banking on him being done for uh for half. No, no, I no, I think that I was. I thought that
2: came out that he had issues with this
0: with his feet. Oh really? Oh damn. Um, yeah. Let me
2: double check that. But I thought that he he had like torn tendons in in his like foot.
0: Uh, you know what? I I wouldn't be surprised. Although I would be surprised, but. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think that I think the, the Clippers definitely take a step back, right? I think that having Gallinari is good. I mean, he 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 he's a stretch four at this point in his career, but the problem the problem with Gallinari is you can't have that that lineup of Gallinari, Blake, and DeAndre Jordan is a bit clunky, right? Because Gallinari is the kind of guy or I think it's going to be a bit weird trying to have those guys on the floor at the same time, you know, because none of them can really guard uh, smaller wings, right? So if they have to switch on the pick and roll, they're going, to get, they're going to get eaten alive. And trust me, I've seen Gallinari as a former Knick. Uh, he used to get eaten <laughs> up by wings. Eaten up.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, you got to think about it. So it's going to be like Warriors, Rockets, Spurs, or Spurs Rockets. Then you, I mean, there's nobody better than the Thunder. After after you're talking about that, I mean, you know, you add Paul George, he does add them to a higher echelon. So, oh, oh, what about Portland? Yeah, I would say Portland will probably be five. Mm. You know, then maybe Minnesota can be six, and then so then we're talking about Grizzlies again, or maybe maybe the Pelicans get it together. You know what I mean when they get a full season.
2: Oh, I forgot about them. Yeah,
1: so. So that'll be the mix. I mean, Zebo <clears throat> left. Zebo left Memphis, but I don't know. We'll see. Hmm. Well, as a matter of fact, though, you know, according to Levar Ball, the Lakers are getting in the playoffs. Lonzo Ball's first year. So. Oh yeah, big baller, brand is definitely- <laughs> big baller brand.
2: Come on, man. Come on. Yeah, big baller, big baller brand
0: is definitely an eight <laughs> seed. <laughs> sorry, I, I like how the Lakers and are, are now branded as the big baller brand. The- <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, why don't why don't we talk a little bit about uh, uh, Big of Brand and Lavar uh, Lavar Ball and uh, company? So it looks like his plan uh, came to reality. Uh, Alonzo Ball is a Laker, as he's been saying it for all along. So so so, Marcos, you've uh, you've been a long long time fan of Big Baller Brand. Uh, what's your thoughts on the rise of BBB? So I. Uh... So I, I actually watched a lot of the
2: of highlight of the games of the, of the ball family um, when they were in high school. So I've been kind of following their careers for like maybe about two years now. So I'm kind of a fan just of, of them in general. Um, I, I think that like if, if you compare it to like the NFL, right, like the NFL is like strictly controlled by Roger Goodell. Like the image and everything about it is, is like extremely controlled. The brand is and, and who can speak and everything. So if you could, if you consider the NBA is very similar similar to that, what I like about the ball brand or uh, big baller brand is the fact that Le- Levar Ball is such a wild card that it makes everybody nervous, but it, it adds another element to just the entire entertainment industry, an unpredictable, uh, value that I think is really good, and I think that he's a guy that challenges the status quo, um, and he also has a product that sells in the sense that, you know, Lonzo Ball is actually really good. So I mean I'm all here for it and I also think that if it was if it was really truly a problem Magic Johnson um would not have endorsed it at all. So so I so I, I think that it's really good. Mm.
1: Uh I I I'm probably a little bit less of a Levar Ball advocate than than Marcos but <laughs> you know when 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 the shoes first came out and you know I don't want to be called a hater but I was looking at that price point and I just I, you know, I and I I wasn't necessarily with it, but, you know, I'm not a big baller. But what I do appreciate about the guy is he speaks things into existence. He fully believes in himself and his family. He's involved he's in his community. And ultimately, man, if you read that letter that Lazo Ball wrote, Ball Ball's a great father. So, you know, I mean, we're at the point where we're looking at an outspoken, great father who wants to build a brand around himself, his family. I, I can't really hate on it. You know, I, I love the intent. I love what he's doing. fine. He yeah. I literally have nothing bad to say about the guy. So let me ask you, let
0: me ask you guys this. And I, I, I wish uh, Jeff, uh, his microphone was, uh, was a cause of all that feedback. But um, how do you guys think Alonzo adjusts to the NBA? You think, he, you think his transition to the NBA is going to be a success in year one? Or do you think it's going to take him multiple years like, like Russell – um uh like Russell took to uh, kind of adjust the NBA so I, 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 go, go
2: ahead, ahead Matt. I, I think that he he's gonna have some problems adjusting to the speed um mm. he doesn't he doesn't have like uh from the point guard position he doesn't have that kind of uh that burst to go around guys uh so I think that may be be a problem especially like on defense. However, I think that he's an extremely good passer. Which is, which is a skill set that translates pretty well in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be able to really kind of show that he can go out there and get six, seven assists eight assists a game, which, is, which, which is, will help kind of facilitate an offense for the Lakers and maybe add some excitement if he can kind of show some flair with how he plays.
1: Um, in my mind, I, I, Mark kind of took the words out of my mouth in the fact that court vision really is a talent, it's, and it's something you got or you don't. And we know that Lonzo Ball has that. I mean, the dude, he's kind of a wizard with the ball, especially with his passing. That's something that he's going to be able to do. So I think the game is going to move faster. But my thing is, with his adjustment, if his name was any anybody but Lonzo Ball, it'd be a little bit different. But because of LeVar Ball, I think that he's going to have a hard time, especially in the defensive end. Dudes are going to be trying to cook him just because of, you know, the circumstances of how he entered the league. We saw De'Aaron Fox. You hmm. know what I mean? cook him when he his last college game specifically because of his name yeah so now you've got him being a rookie rookies are already kind of the underclass of the nba and people are going to be like no dude like your father your daddy your big baller brand all of that but you're gonna get these buckets you know what I mean? well but,
2: but i think that i think that what makes it interesting is that people are waiting to see him play um in his summer league game and they're also waiting to see because i think De'Aaron fox plays against lonzo ball this summer and people are, are talking about about watching it, so I think that that's pretty awesome. That whether it's Lavar Ball or whatever it is, people are wanting to tune in and watch this kid fail, which also adds to the to great publicity. Um, the last thing I'll say about it is, um, Markel Foot Fult, Foot Fult, Fultz, the first pick. It, I mean, legitimately said that I thought about signing with Big Baller Brand. So I mean, if you even ha- if you get within the next two or three years uh a top pick sign with this with this shoe company or this brand period i mean it changes the entire landscape of how
0: shoe endorsement contracts work i think you're right it, it definitely changes the game uh, but i was
1: let me say one more thing a uh, kind of you know, to marks point um okay. like i was saying you know levar ball is definitely involved in his community um you know youth basketball everything like that like there may be a player that doesn't have the ball name that levar ball just might have had an influence on his life and you know, he may come up and one day just say, "Well, LeVar Ball was a mentor to me. I'm signing with Big Baller Brand." You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, I, LeVar Lavar Ball has made himself so visible. I I don't know. I, I congratulate the dude. I but, admire what he's done. So yeah, he he, he
0: he may he may inspire touch touch uh, some young uh, some young uh, basketball player who's coming up. But have you guys seen him coach? Did you guys see it? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that was that was an absolute I, I don't know what that train wreck was that he started that came out of his mouth, but that wasn't coaching, man. He was talking about y'all here to entertain and y'all not scoring enough buckets. And I was I was I was so confused by what he was you know, what he was spitting as a coach. <laughs> that maybe right. I missed something. Maybe I missed something. But at any rate, um yeah, you know what I think. I think with Big Baller Brand, I think it, it's great to see him so active in his uh, his sons' lives. Um, I think people do hate Big Baller Brand because he's so he's so loud and so boisterous. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think his sons love him. He loves his sons. He, he, he believes he's doing the right thing by them, which I think he is by helping them build their own wealth. And we may look back, you know, five ten years from now, and be like, look. LeVar Ball did the right thing. And now these kids are going to be multi millionaires and you know, the future generations are set for life. So, Big ball of brand. So uh, I guess <laughs> what we may need to do is we may need to, you guys, uh, if you guys wear like a size uh, 12, maybe we all can put in and just like. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: I'm definitely, you know, I don't know about paying 500 bucks for the shoes, but I'm definitely going to get me a big ball of brand sweatshirt and some paraphernalia before the summer looks out.
1: Oh so. actually yeah um you know it's after that interview with i think her name is Kristen Leahy here or whatever mm-hmm. Big brother came out with a t-shirt that says stay in your lane. I, well, I was yeah. gonna cop that. You know that's probably something i cop so. Yeah. Um, mm. But yeah the shoes uh that's that's outside of my uh, <laughs> that's outside of my uh, price range.
0: Okay. Well we got we got we got a a, a little bit more time. Um so why don't we talk a, about some non Sports stuff. What what uh, what do you guys think about uh, the Jay Z album? Uh, what what's your take? Good, bad, indifferent?
1: I'll let Coach lead that one off. He has a very strong take.
2: So uh, so I, I just got a it by saying you know I've been I've been listening to Jay Z so since I was fourteen years old. So I'm a lifelong uh, Jay Z fan. So yeah. somebody that's kind of kind of grown up listening to his music, I think that salute to him to he's you know to be able to still be 47 plus years old and still come up with quality music that, that's amazing i think that the material my issue with it is that the material that he's presenting is a, is as if this is new material right like trying to, to be speak positive things in the black community to families and everybody's kind of treating it as if it's novel but it's really not right so like a lot of the things that he was saying has, has been stuff that like Nas has been saying his whole career. And, and I guess I just feel like it's, it's being like celebrated as if it's like this new material, but it's really, it's really not. So, and that's why I feel like it's not necessarily as groundbreaking as everybody's making it out to be.
1: I, you know, and I just have to, you know, kind of coast on that by saying, you know, one of Jay's iconic lines is, you know, if skills sold, truth be told, lyrically, yeah. I'd be Talib Kweli. Well, yeah, Talib Kweli been rapping about the things that Jay-Z been rapping around 18 years. So what do we know? Jay-Z is a master marketer, a master salesman. Now it's going to sell, being Mm -hmm. lyrically Talib Kweli. And that's literally what he did. And let's be honest. Sometimes, you know, with some of the responses I saw on social media about it, it made me kind of ashamed because, you know, the things that Jay-Z were saying were were basic adulting rules, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. you know what's better than flaunting your money? Credit. Okay, like, so manage your credit score. That's things we're supposed to already know how to do. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I will say all of this... Stuff though was set to some fire beats by No ID, and the wordplay is still top notch, man. The dude's wordplay is still great. So yeah, you know, as far as his skill level and as far as what he's been able to accomplish, I can't say anything negative about it. Mm, I, is I, it revolution? I, is it a revolutionary message? No, I mean we've yeah. had people trying to do that for decades. So that's my opinion.
0: Nah, all right, Mister New York, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, <I> think, <laughs> first of all, I think you're both right. Um, I like I like the album. Uh, I think that the, the lyrics on point, the flow on point, I think the stuff that he's saying, not really anything new, but I mean I, I like the way he put it onto the, onto, put it onto the album. Uh, I think that the only thing that I didn't like about it, and again, this is just like my own personal preference, is that I don't really feel like this is something that I can like knock in my car. like if I want oh, right. to if I want to go to a party, and I want to hear some Jay-Z, this is not the album for it. And again, that's not to say it's a bad album or, or bad thing. It's it's just the only thing that I would say, damn, I can't really listen to, you know, I can't really listen to Kill Jay-Z or, you know, some of the other tracks off this album at a party. And that's the only negative that I could take away.
2: All right, I got another one. Uh, what about being from New York, man? What do you guys say about uh, Prodigy passing away, man? He's another guy that I listened to growing up. My dude, beat.
0: Dude, that that was... um. That was tough. I mean, I, I remember when I was, when I, when I got to, um, when I first got to college, you know, I mean, I would, I was listening to Mob Deep, you know, way before that. But when I first got to college, that's when I really, you know, really grew to love, you know, Mob Deep, you know, and, and they had so many iconic songs, you know, for, you know, my college years and, you know, even before that, when I was in high school and, to see, you know, to see him die so young, you know, or to just, you know, to see, the, you know, his passing, it, that was, um, I, I wasn't expecting it. I, you know, I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting Prodigy to, to just go, you know. They had, dude, they had so many quotable lines, it, you know, it, it's, it's just unbelievable, you know. And I think you you see, especially if, you know, you grew up in that era, you know, that, that generation, how much respect everyone had for Mob Deep, yeah, it was, it was real, man. It was real. I mean, and actually, I was born. I was born in New York City, in Queens. Um, so, oh wow! Yeah, so so my family, <clears throat> like my cousin or cousins, they love Mob Deep. They love Mob Deep. So growing up, they that's all they, that's all they would talk about is Mob Deep, this Mob Deep, that Nas. So so you know, so his his passing that was uh, it was tough. It was definitely tough. Um, and it just makes you realize, dude, that, you know, nothing's promised. So you got to live life to the fullest. So,
1: Well, let me throw For something sure. out there. Um, you know, I was scrolling my Twitter and, and Master P came out with a video saying when BT kind of switched up the show to tribute to do, Master P kind of went off like, man, you know, Prodigy, he's a legend. He's a historical legend. Obviously, you know, he's not, you know, a, a fly current artist right now. He was like, y'all wouldn't even let that man in the building. He was <sighs> like, y'all wouldn't have cared about that man. But now that he's passed, oh, now y'all going to switch up the show and do a tribute to the man. He was like, "Man, give people flowers while they alive. Like, you know, I mean, if these dudes are living legends, you know, we need to have more respect for our legends." And he feels like the industry kind of looks past that. And what are y'all? What are you thoughts kind of on that?
0: I mean, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, Mob Deep. I mean, sure, Mob Deep was probably actually. You no, know, I don't even know if they were still performing. I don't know if they were still going on tour or or whatever. But I mean, it's it's just. It's just the nature of the game, right? If you're not hot, you know it's it's you know it's really a what have you done for me lately kind of industry, right? So after a while, yeah. you know the, the same artists. Like, dude, I was watching TV the other day, and there was a commercial with boys to men singing like some kind of I think it was a Geico commercial or something like that. They were singing like the side effects of some drug or something, and I'm thinking to myself like, damn, this is this is boys to men multi-platinum selling, you know,
1: Bruh. end of the road. And they ran they in are, the 90s, man.
0: Yeah, dude, and here they are singing, uh, you know, as like a, a novelty in a Geico commercial for, you know, the, and they're singing the side effects of some kind of drug. <laughs> like, dude, it's really a, you know, what have you done for me lately kind of uh, industry. And and honestly, I mean, it's just the reality of it, you know? Um, so which which speaks to the the legacy and just how great Jay-Z is, man. He, cause he still gets respect, even though he's been rapping for so long, but he's been hot for so long. And he's been making great music for so long. So it just speaks to how, you know, how good he is and how great his music yeah. is. He's still recognized as like one of the top artists.
2: Yeah, I agree. Because no, he, Yeah, he is.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, because we tend, when I say we, uh, we tend to push our our artists out a lot sooner than a lot of different or a lot of other genres of, of music, right? Now, you, dude, Aerosmith was was rocking music for like you know fifty plus. You know, you know, he probably still out on concert somewhere, you know. Um, and Grateful Dead, those guys, dude, the the Dead have been making music for for years. Even though I <laughs> think the lead dude died, they still making music and still people go see them. Um, whereas this, you know, urban hip hop, you know, they kind of get like, you know, they get pushed out the door um, a lot earlier or a lot sooner than uh, than they anticipate. So it's, it's different, man, it's just
1: different. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking about that, you know, especially kind of with the style of younger rappers these days. And, you know, I was kind of wondering, like, how do we kind of reconcile that kind of stuff? Mm. I realize, you know, hip-hop is a young genre, man. Like, it's yes. a very young genre compared to rock and roll, whatever, whatever else. And what you find, if you look at rock, you look how it's kind of fractured into sub-genres. Like, there's already, like, classic rock, metal, mm-hmm. grunge, pop rock, punk, all yes. this, all this different kind of stylistic, you know, motifs or whatever to rock. I feel like what we're seeing with hip-hop is, as it's evolving as a genre, we're running into that now. So now even though it's crazy for me to see because I grew up on these dudes, Nas and Jay are literally classic hip-hop now. Wow. Now we have, like these younger dudes, I, I don't know if we even have a name for it yet. Cody? Nah,
0: dude, <laughs> no, no, dude, that's that's what it is. You just called it. It's classic hip-hop. <laughs> I think, dude, I think, Matt, I think, I think you just created a new genre of, of hip-hop, man. It's classic hip-hop.
1: Yeah, so, And so we need to have a name for like the subgenre and we need to realize like hip hop is no longer just a young man's game. It's such a young genre. It was only a young man's game for a long time because it was such a counterculture and it was, you know, an outlet for young black people. So now it's different, man. Now it's different. So we have to get adjusted to it. I, I have no problem trying to with these accepting who these young dudes are and trying to project, you know, the standards of the rap I grew up with to like what these young dudes are doing, man, because they're just, you know, kind of living their era. So
2: Yeah, you know, but I mean, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to the Made America Festival in September, and Jay-Z is going to be the headliner. Like, is he going to be talking to me about how to buy a home and credit scores, <laughs> or is he going to, because, <laughs> you know, like, like I want to hear, you know, Rockefeller, Jay-Z, Yeah. you know what, you know what I mean? I want to hear that, like, I don't want to hear about, you know, interest rates, like,
0: man, he. So. Look, look, uh, Marcos, I mean, he's about to school you on some uh, the defining points of your 401k. So, just- yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People man,
1: y'all got to see this video that 50 Cent posted, man. He said the exact same thing. He like, man, I was listening to j man, and still Hot the Duke and still rap. He's like, I feel like I got to put on a golf sweater. And some <laughs> He's like, man, let the young dudes have a rap, man. He's like, man, I can't kick it to this, you know what I mean? That's what.
0: And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't, I can't bump, I can't bump the new Jay Z in my car or like a, at a party. No. Nah. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on the kind of party, but you know, you know, what I'm talking about. Um, yeah,
2: I mean, you could at a cocktail party.
0: Yeah,
1: exactly. Or
0: what? Yeah. Or what? Yeah, a wedding reception. A wedding reception. <laughs> no, you could
1: that on the elevator as you go yeah, this, yeah. this
0: is crazy. Yeah, this is, I, I, I never thought, I never thought I'd see the day where I was like, yo, Jay-Z, I can't really listen to him at a party. Or I can't listen to this kind of music at a party, which is, I can't, I can't do it. Um, and I know, I know if Jeff was on. Uh, I know how he likes hip-hop. And I know he doesn't like hip-hop that he can't dance to. So he can't do, <laughs> you know, he can't do the, uh, the herky-jerk moves that they be doing these days. So, <laughs> so I mean, um, obviously, I think Jeff's mic's still muted, so he can't really talk. So I'm going to talk smack about it for a little bit. But, yeah, man. Um, yeah, dude, it's it's, it's it's a new day. It's a new light. So anyways, I guess we guys got to get used to it. Cool. Yeah. At, at, any rate, at any rate, guys, I think this is probably a good moment to uh, to go ahead and wrap the show up. Uh, this has been fun. Uh Matt. Yeah. Appreciate you uh, joining, Marcos, uh, as always. It's been fun. Yeah. Big Marcos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, No doubt, no doubt. I think hopefully uh, next episode we'll be able to figure out what happened to Jeff and uh, his audio situation because I know he's been listening to the whole thing. I know he's been biting at we- the nails to get in. And we got
2: to make sure we talk about uh, Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather next week, like next uh,
1: podcast. Oh, that'll, that'll be fun. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah for sure that that'll be
0: you know what we'll put that as a uh, topic uh, number 1 once we get up, once we get it going all right sounds good all right guys take care all right peace I